Good afternoon. This is David Green with the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County, welcoming you to the July 2022 edition of Spotlight on Arts and Culture, our monthly live interview show, the second Monday of each month on WPKN 89.5 FM, bringing you news and information about the arts and culture across coastal Fairfield County. This month, we celebrate dance in Fairfield County on the occasion of the second Fairfield County Dance Festival that will be celebrated throughout this month across six towns in our region, starting tomorrow, Tuesday, July the 12th, in New Canaan, and then continuing in Fairfield, Bridgeport, Norwalk, Darien, and Westport through July 28th. With us today are the co-directors of the dance festival, Ted Thomas, owner and choreographer with his wife Frances Ortiz of Thomas Ortiz Dance, based in New Canaan. Ted is also co-owner, teacher and choreographer for the New England Academy of Dance and the New England Dance Theatre, all in New Canaan. Welcome, Ted. Welcome, David. Thank you. Thank you. On the phone with us today is Claire Matza, co-founder and artistic director of the East Coast Contemporary Ballet, based in Norwalk. Welcome, Claire. Then, putting the festival in the context of the history of dance and dance performance in our region of Fairfield County, we welcome also on the phone today Marty Etter. Marty founded the Ballet School of Stamford almost 25 years ago and certainly has seen a lot in her tenure. Last year, the ballet school moved into its latest quarters in the Stamford Town Centre Mall in an exciting partnership with the internationally renowned New York-based Parsons Dance. Welcome, Marty. Thank you. So um, let's start by plunging right into the festival, what it is, how it started, and how people can see it, take part in it. Uh, Let's start with you, Claire. Can you tell us what the festival is and where can people find it? Absolutely. Um, So this festival is made specifically for Fairfield County and touring throughout Fairfield County. It's an outdoors dance festival. And it was started by uh, Thomas O'Keefe Dance and us, East Coast Contemporary Ballet. Um, One of our visions was to create the greater accessibility to the arts and promote community engagement. So uh, the summer tour this year actually has grown to six towns. It was only two last year. Mm -hmm. And tomorrow we're actually beginning in New Canaan with um, at Waveney Park. Oh, with our our friends, the Summer Theatre of New Canaan. Yes, exactly. That's great. Uh, So, yes, there was a lovely partnership that happened there. Then uh, we move on. So we have three shows this week, actually. We're really kicking it off with a Uh past week. (laughs) (laughs) We have a... We're going to Fairfield Museum and History Center and performing outside of uh, their building on Wednesday at Uh 6 p.m. Then on Thursday, we move on to Bridgeport, and we're actually going to be in McLevy Park, so right in the center of Bridgeport, and that one's going to be at 6.30. Okay, mm -hmm. 6.30, McLevy Green on Thursday. Mm -hmm. That's great. You're right, three days all in a row, you're going to be be (laughs) busy. Yeah, and then, uh, so then we have two more weeks. So the week after, 
On Thursday, July 21st, we're going to Norwalk. Very excited about that one. That's going to be at Matthews Park. And we're actually on planning, on putting the stage with the uh, Matthews Mansion as our backdrop. Oh, that's going to be dramatic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the week after is our last week, our closing week. We have two shows, one in Darien at Weed Beach on Tuesday at 7 p.m. And then we move on to Westport, and the Museum of Contemporary Art in Westport is hosting us there afterwards, and that's on Thursday at 6 p.m. Great. So there's a lot to look forward to, and the other good news is that in addition to Thomas Ortiz and East Coast Contemporary Ballet, we actually have three guest companies. So if you wanted to catch more than one show, there's a slightly different program uh, for each one. We have Island Moving Company. Um, joining us in Fairfield. They're from Newport, Rhode Island. Uh Uh, We have Lydia Johnson Dance. They're a New York City-based company. They're joining us in Norwalk. And then for the other four shows, we actually have Allison Cook Beatty Dance. She's a a native of Connecticut, but she's also a New York City-based modern dance company. So we're excited to see what they bring. That's that's great. And um, details, I, I know the details are on our own um, FC Buzz events site, but you must have your own uh, website with the details of the festival. We we do. You can go to eccballet.org and all the details will be there. Timing, location, um, further information about what which companies are performing each date. So all, all that can be found at eccballet.org. Oh, great. Well, thank you, Claire. Um, let's turn to Ted now. Ted, is it true that this started as your idea and then you uh, found great partners with the East Coast Contemporary Ballet? Yes, this was an a idea that spawned from um, the necessity of keeping the arts going, keeping moving, keeping um, creating during the pandemic. Uh-huh. So the first year of the pandemic in 2020, yeah. we um, um, acquired a portable stage which we were able to put up in our backyard in the um at our dance studio in mm-hmm. in New Canaan and we did that and and had our seniors have a moment on stage outside <laughs> mm-hmm. to culminate the end of their year which ended very dramatically i mean right. it was a right. really um devastating year for um artists especially socially and and creatively so the next year um, we decided that, you know, this, is, this was good to, you know, to do outdoor performances. People would be able to be safe because the pandemic is not going away. And um, I decided to go to Alejandro and Claire and ask them about their company because we had our seniors dancing. But then I decided that I wanted to get my main company, um, Thomas Ortiz Dance, back out. And, and moving and dancing um, after the shutdown. So I wanted to have, I wanted to offer more to my um, um, New Canaan audience. Right. And we started, we did the first show in New Canaan and we said, wait a minute, here's an idea. <laughs> Let's pick the whole thing up yeah. and move it. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, and the question was, how feasible is it to move a, 32 by 26 foot stage, right? And and put it up in different places. So last year, Darien was a experiment in building a and having a movable portable stage. 
And this was on the beach? Yes. No less. Yes. Okay. So they, it's actually right off the beach. They have a green okay. there uh-huh. where, where families can come and do their um, picnicking and barbecuing mm-hmm. and so forth. So we, we, I said, okay, my estimate, to um, if you have people who know what they're doing, how long would it take to put it up? Mm-hmm. It takes about two and a half hours to put it up. Mm-hmm. And it takes about an hour to take it apart. Uh-huh. Well, you know, that's feasible. You yeah. know, you get enough hands on deck and you and very simply, we're not talking about a whole bunch of rigging and lighting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We got the natural light of the evening sun and we have the the open air. Right. So we're just going to keep it, keep it simple and see what, how far we can take it. And it was very successful last year. We had a lot of people show up. Mm-hmm. So that sparked the idea of, hey, we can have a dance festival. So the I always love origin stories, and this is a great one, I think, the way that, um, you know, incrementally it grew from doing something just for your students and for, for the local audience to um, partnering with another company and really, really taking on. So if you like, um, last year was the prototype, and the prototype passed the test. Yes, yes, <laughs> very much so. And And then after that, I started to feel like, there were more entities and not-for-profits who would be interested in um, 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 making this project happen yeah. throughout the um, the county. Right. So um, one of the people I came to was yourself, David. I walked over and I <laughs> called you up and said, hey, do you know anybody who might be interested in this idea? And you, being the type of person that likes a good idea and can <laughs> help a person develop their ideas and their creative um, projects... Um, hooked me up with um, um, Colorful Bridgeport, right? And mm-hmm. we, that's why we are now doing McLevy Park mm-hmm. and the Fairfield Museum and Historical Soci- Center and Society. And that's why we're doing Fairfield and other not-for-profits. And we've actually gotten the Fairfield County's Community um, Foundation oh, really? to um, get involved yeah. and to give us a grant to help facilitate the, the project and well, they are very, very interested news. in it. Yeah. So I, I, that was um, unexpected in the last um, couple of weeks or so that they said, Hey, we hear, we are hearing about this. We like it. We want to be involved. Right. So I, you know, wanted to say thank you to the Fairfield County's community foundation for their assistance and to all the other um, um, organizations that are um, assisting. Um, Darien art center, right. Has facilitated our, ability to do it in Darien last year Mm -hmm. and they're facilitating our ability to do it in Darien again this year. So we we are really appreciative of all the support. So let's go back to Claire. Claire, tell us about your participation in the festival last year. Um, Well, first, how did you, how did you guys get involved? How did you meet uh, Ted Thomas? (laughs) So um, Alejandro had been, had danced with, Alejandro is my the other co-artistic director of East Coast Contemporary Ballet, for those of you who don't know. But uh, he had actually been dancing for Thomas Ortiz oh, in the okay. past. Yeah. And, um, and we both work at New England Academy of Dance. We both teach there. And so we have, and we've known Ted for a while now. And then when we opened our own company, you know, Ted and us, like it was, it was a match made in heaven. <laughs> we really, we really do have a lot of the same visions, especially for the area. We're very much about, you know, promoting each other and promoting dance in the community because honestly, there really can't be enough 
of that. <laughs> you can't get enough of that, and there isn't enough of it. So, we're, you know, when he invited us on board, we were like, absolutely, let's make this happen. Um, it was, you know, as Ted mentioned, you know, coming out of COVID, and it was like a little bit of a slow burn at first, and mm. uh, a little, a little last minute even, right? Because even in, even just last year, everyone, everything wasn't going as it is now, right? Things weren't quite back to normal. So the fact that we were able to get these two shows in, in this sort of test run of the festival, right. um, definitely gave us a lot of confidence for this year. Yeah. What, <laughs> and, what kinds of things did you learn from, from this experiment last year, would you say? That's a, good, <laughs> that's a good question. Well, we learned that, well, that's very simple things. We learned about how you have to look in every location at the sun and figure out exactly what ah, time you're going to have that right. show. And that's why the times do differ. It's not just, it's not for any other reason than the sun. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> She's our guiding force because uh-huh. depending on where you put that stage, if the sun is setting and it's going to be right in your eyes at that point, you're like, okay, we can't start it then. We're going to have to start it a little bit later. Uh-huh. Um, we learned that because of that, we do need lights in some locations. Darien was like the such a beautiful venue last year at Reed Beach, but we didn't. It started getting dark because we did have to start it later because of the sun. And then we, that last piece was practically in the dark. It was, you know, a different experience. But this year we'll have lights. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> we, um, I think we learned a lot about how we can maximize our ability to be efficient. You know, in and that's why we're able to grow and do six different towns. So in other words, you know, yeah. not making dancers do class on stage in the heat, you know, have mm. class indoors. We can now be like, okay, we can offer this to other companies so they can come on board. We're hoping to grow the festival even more and have more local companies and artists come and uh, show their skills and, as part of the festival. And as we're able to, you know, organize that better and make sure that our scheduling is, is on cue and it's really like nicely organized this year, we feel that more and more people will want to come join and be a part of this. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's a big endeavor, but it's, it's definitely one that's worth it because I don't think there is another dance festival that's really, truly a festival for everybody in Fairfield County that tours Fairfield County and that has all different dance groups. So. We're hoping that will continue to grow and we'll keep learning. Well, it just sounds very, go. very exciting. And you, it sounds like this year you've really got, got everything, all your ducks in a row, and ready, ready <laughs> we'll, we'll to roll. We'll figure out at the end that we, we don't <laughs> yes. have some ducks in a row and then it'll be even better next year. Yeah. <laughs> if you're just joining us, this is David Green with the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County and our July 2022 edition of Spotlight on Arts and Culture a monthly interview show on WPKN 89.5 FM. Our program today explores dance in Fairfield County on the occasion of the second Fairfield County Dance Festival that will be celebrated throughout this month across six of our towns in the region. Our guests today are Ted Thomas, Artistic Director of Thomas Ortiz Dance and Co-Principal of the New England Academy of Dance and the New England Dance Theatre in New Canaan, Claire Mazza, co-founder and artistic director of the East Coast Contemporary Ballet, based in Norwalk, and Marty Etter, founder and executive director of the Ballet School of Stamford. So I want to turn to you, Marty, now. Now, although Ted has been at work in our region for some 20 years, I think, Ted? Yes. Uh, you've been here for at least 25, <laughs> Marty. Um, so you're something yeah, but- of... You're something of the veteran here. (laughs) 
And you, I am. I and am. you've seen quite a lot in your time, I'm sure. So, um, Marty, you founded the Ballet School of Stamford in 1998. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and what led up to creating the school. Sure. Um, I had been in New York for many years and worked in production, so I was always behind the stage uh-huh. uh, and did theater and film, and but hmm. also did a lot of work creating performance spaces for Met Philharmonic and got to do some amazing work and moved up here. And you know, you get to recreate yourself when you move. <laughs> what brought you? Uh, and, what brought uh, you to Stanford, Marty? I guess the decision to for our family to move up. Uh, yeah. This way, we had a two-year-old daughter mm-hmm. and loved New York. But I actually did a uh, eight-week production for Royer Publishing uh, here, and we found studios in Stanford. And so I was here for eight weeks, and we kind of went, "Wow, this is a pretty special place." <laughs> uh, so after living here for eight weeks in the summer and getting to see everything that Stanford and Fairfield County had to offer, we started looking and moved up here. Hmm. So, um, what? Who were your partners in setting this up? What other school and what other schools were around at the time? You 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 thought that the environment was ripe for uh, a ballet school in Stamford. There there were not as many schools by any means back then than there are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that the I co-founded with Stephanie Marini the ballet school of Stamford that many years ago. Uh, was the need for a school that provided um, scholarship and outreach, uh-huh. uh, which it was kind of a new area here at that time. And um, so we had looked uh, for a location, found a wonderful location, and I started out just volunteering, helping to get it going. Uh, and then 25 years later, I'm, you know, the last <laughs> one standing. So. Now, where was that first base? Was that in the town, town hall? No, we no. actually were above McDonald's um, in <laughs> yeah. a space that had not been used for about 12 years, but the Trebs right. family uh, were wonderful in helping us move into that space, and that allowed us to start. Uh, we had, you know, parents and kids painting and laying floors and all of that, mm-hmm. and uh, have certainly moved since then, but it was it was a great location to start, and I really just fell in love with Stanford, and we started doing... Uh, outreach the first week we opened uh, and worked with Inspirica, which back then was St. Luke's Life Works, and presented huh. classes for families that were in resident housing there. Um, and then we did classes at Latham Wider and a number of other locations uh, for outreach and realized that even if we brought dancewear and bars and everything to the location, you still didn't have a dance studio. And so it was difficult. So we changed our model to bringing those students who were interested into our school uh-huh. um, and providing scholarships. Hmm. So you focus on, on ballet, but you also teach other forms of dance? Yes. Well, I think that's a, a change that many schools have gone through. The expectations for a dancer now um, are that they have much more than a strong ballet foundation. They need to have modern, they need to have jazz, um, if they're going to dance professionally or if they're going to go on to college. So having that variety, first up, it's healthy for a body uh, to be able <laughs> to have different disciplines, but right. also just as they move forward, um, the more that they know and the more that they've experienced, the more successful that they will be. So the ballet school, like all performing arts schools, obviously puts on performances every so often, 
mostly for parents and friends. You mostly perform at the Palace in Stamford, is that right? We've been very fortunate, yes. We've had a relationship as an arts partner at the Palace Theatre for 20 years, um, which is amazing because our students get to perform in this incredible space in a very professional facility. Um, It also allows us to do a morning free show for schools. So we generally uh get between 1,200 and 1,400 school children uh, (laughs) who come by buses or walk or what have you. And they get to see uh, a performance. Many of them have never seen a ballet. Many of them have never seen a live performance. Uh, and they get to see something where kids who look like them are mm. on stage. And mm. that's a really exciting and motivating opportunity. You know, that makes you say, hey, I could do that. And maybe mm. they'll try something new. So that, that relationship with the palace has been incredibly valuable. We've had over 25,000 kids now who have come to our wow. three performances. <laughs> and then in the evening we do, you know, a, a performance that's open to the public. Hmm. Um, and I'm sure you have figures on those kids from schools who come and see kids like them on stage and themselves come along to be students of yours. Um, they come to us, they come to other schools, as long as they take a chance. You know, I've yeah. always been a big believer that whatever, um, a child needs to develop a passion. And I don't really care what that passion is. I love it when it's dance, but it could be music. It could be anything else. Um, so, oops, sorry, that was some music from the studio. <laughs> I'm sure you were hearing. <laughs> uh, we have a going on now. But I think for, you know, children to have a a passion, um, you know, that leads them to be successful. So that's what we want to encourage. Well, already I see the theme of partnership developing here, both uh, with the dance festival and just your partnership with with the palace and with others in Stanford. That seems to be a key element of the success of many um, arts companies and arts activities. Um, I think it's incredibly important. Um, mm. You know, I, I think there have been times when um, everybody was very siloed. And I think that to, to create particularly a good dance environment where there are uh, opportunities to perform and opportunities to attend, we need to all be working together. And that's what I, I love about uh, Claire and Ted. You know, we've been able to do this and have conversations and um, try to move forward uh, how we can create more opportunities. And that's, that's exciting to me. Mm. Now, I'm curious about your take on the history of professional dance performance in our region. Um, I have to say, we do seem to have hundreds of dance studios. It's like every mall isn't complete <laughs> unless there is a dance or strip mall that doesn't have a, a dance studio. Um, it is a very popular activity, it seems, for kids. But the opportunity to see professional dance, um, certainly in my limited experience, you know, I lived in 10 years in New York, and um, one of the things I missed coming, coming out to Connecticut, you know, um, 20 years ago, actually, um, was the difficulty of, of getting to see very much um, professional dance until recently. What's your sense It's interesting because I think, you know, if a child plays baseball, it's natural for their families to take them to a professional baseball game. Um, For some reason, that hasn't translated the same way to dance. Hmm. Um, And I'm not sure what it is. I think part of it is possibly um, families not being comfortable with what 
going to a professional dance performance, you know, the idea that it was elitist or something. Um, and mm-hmm. that's where I think festivals like this new right. Fairfield County Dance Festival are fantastic because what that does is provide a very easy access point for families and adults to come to a performance. You know, it's outdoors. Many times these are free performances. And so once they come, then they go, wow, you know, that was really exciting. (laughs) And we hope, of course, that they'll come again. And we're doing Mill River here in Stanford is doing uh, the first um, festival this year. They're doing starting with one night kind of as a trial. And Ted is actually performing along with Connecticut Ballet. Um, same idea. Let's, you know, let's get people out to the parks for some reason when it's outdoors and you can, you know, you can walk away and know that you're not paying $70 for a ticket. (laughs) Um, you know, I think people are more willing to take a chance, whereas otherwise it's been, oh, well, we'll go to a nutcracker and that's kind of our once a year thing. So we want to encourage people to try to see new things to, um, it's exciting. Uh, dance is, is really wonderful to watch. (laughs) That's uh, certainly I would agree with you on on that, and I, I think you know I I can see that um, a wonderful, uh, impressive theatre like the Palace might be a little intimidating as a venue for for you know taking the family to see dance, whereas going to the beach um, and seeing dance being performed is is, is a little easier, and uh, hopefully that experience of uh, how fun and exciting seeing dancers out there uh, might lead to people being more interested in, in going to a venue. Um, That's our sneaky plan. <laughs> so, um, would, so back to the sort of sense of dance performance, I mean, in terms of how much dance, professional dance there is out there, um, has it remained pretty static, would you say, or has over the I last 20 so. years? I, 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 I think so. When I look at performances here in Stanford, um, bringing in professional companies, there has been very little of doing that. Um, for quite some time, uh, Carol Bryan, who is the education director at Stanford Center for the Arts, um, would do Dance Fest and she would have local schools come and perform, but then there would be an evening where she would bring in a smaller company, professional company to perform. And that was exciting. That gave students a chance to go see Dance Theater of Harlem, um, ABT2, wow. yeah. you know, yeah. different programs, which was really exciting. Um, I just think we have to, I think right now we have a chance to build some momentum. I think there are a number of us who are saying we want this to happen. We feel that it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think we we just need to ride this wave. And certainly outdoor festivals are a great intro. I wondered if you could tell, I mean, you just recently have, uh, cemented this wonderful partnership with Dave, with the Parsons Dance Company. Could you tell us very briefly about that relationship and what's what's going on now at the mall in Stamford? Certainly. So um, COVID changed the world, and so we needed to look for new space. And uh, David Parsons is someone I had known for years, and so just in conversation, he was saying even in New York City, rehearsal space was becoming very difficult um, to find. And so you might be in Brooklyn one day and Queens the next. And, you know, it was not ideal mm. for cre- particularly for creating new work, you know, for getting together for a week and setting new pieces. And we realized that 
our schedules in many ways complemented each other huh. during the year, mostly yeah. an after-school program. They rehearse during the day. Summers, we can always work around different schedules. So we started looking together um, and, of course, had read all of the doom and gloom about malls and what was <laughs> happening to right. the cross-country. Um, so we reached out to Stamford Town Center with a proposal that, you know, saying, we're not a Macy's, we're not an Ann Taylor, but we have something else we can bring. And I think we all know that the arts have been many times uh, used as an anchor or a the creative energy for a location. So whether it was right. a location that was, you know, industrialized, that they were trying to do something with, like the loft uh, mm. down here in the south end of Stanford. Um, so in a way, what would could we do this again in a different way? Uh, and they were very receptive and very interested. And so we spoke with them and managed to come up with an agreement that we were both really happy with and um, build out, you know, two beautiful new studios here. And our families love it. It's incredibly convenient. Um, and it's a beautiful space. And for them, it's a, it provides a different energy. Right. Uh, and then right. we started partnering mm. with them on, you know, what else can we, they've always done performances here as a part of their programming, which is great. You know, the Stanford Symphony's brass group comes during the holidays, that sort of thing. But, you know, how can we even increase that again, yeah. how more exposure to the community for the arts and how that can benefit something like Stanford Town Center. Right. And also bringing the arts into, if you like, everyday life, it's not, you don't have exactly. to go to a special, special Place. I mean, for me, um, just walking on that floor, was it the third floor of the mall? <clears throat> We're actually on the fifth floor. Fifth floor, sorry. Um, that wonderful long plate glass window where you can look in and see these fabulous dancers at work is quite exciting, something you don't <laughs> see in, in, in most malls. So, no, exactly. I mean, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm sitting right here now at the desk. And um, I'm watching people walk by and they're looking in and seeing students in class and they stop and they pause. And sometimes you see little children, they'll come by and they'll start dancing with them outside. <laughs> that's great. Um, you know, so it, it really, yeah. it, it, it's, it's engaging. Yeah, that's it is. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And it's wonderful just hearing the story of another complimentary partnership that you've forged with uh, with an internationally renowned dance company. That's really great. Yeah, it's it's very well, they're going to be doing a, a week of our summer intensive. Um, so for our students to be able to study with Parsons dancers is amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, we're really, yeah, that'll be a weekend in August. And then um, also just when they were rehearsing, they were creating a new piece and our students were able to come in and sit on the side and watch that process of David choreographing. That's inspiring. So, also, um, not, staying with the mall, you, uh, I believe, were the principal behind this recent mini dance festival that took place um, at the Town Centre Mall in Stamford. Uh, what was it? A, a summer block party? Um, yes. Two days, uh, noon to eight. Tell us about that, how it happened and what its future might be. Um, yeah, it was really exciting. We had a great time and both uh, Clara and... Ted were with us along with about 18 other dance companies. Amazing. Uh, we, we helped them do the, they had done a, a block party the year before um, and had used outside companies to put it together. And 
they weren't, it didn't achieve what they wanted to have it achieve. And so we started talking to them and said, well, let us help you. You know, we uh-huh. know the community, we can find people. So we brought in these amazing companies um, who all got to meet each other, which was really fun. New yeah. partnerships were found even just during those two days. Wow. Huh. Uh, we had students perform. We had the Peruvian uh, festival dancers. We had flamenco. We had modern. We had ballet. We had jazz. Uh, we had musicians, everything from folk to hip hop, um, comedians. You know, the day was just performance after performance um, for eight hours, two days in a row. Uh, lots of great food, food trucks, uh, restaurants. So it was it was very successful. Same sort of thing with the um, Fairfield County Dance Festival. You always do a postmortem and say, what worked? What do we want to change? What can mm-hmm. we improve? Um, and we decided we are definitely going to do this again. So That's we're great. looking forward to doing it again next year and even looking at possibly a partner uh, event in the fall. Um, so it's a great way to bring the community together. And, and it sounds watching, as, you know, children. Yeah. It sounds as if the Stanford Mall is becoming something of a cultural center itself. It's exciting. Uh, I know they are speaking with other arts organizations uh, about space here. Hmm. Um, We're talking to them about other performance possibilities that we can do here. So, yeah, they are they're very open to what the possibilities are. Hmm. You know, they have this huge Saks is going to become um, an amazing two-story food restaurant. Todd English is coming in and going to create this amazing a new location here in Stanford. So they're really looking at, you know, how do you change from a traditional brick and mortar right. kind of shopping mall to something that is more community minded and how does that benefit everybody? And to me, it's all, all of that collaboration is what makes life exciting. Right. Right. Well, Marty, thank you so much for your perspective on all of this and uh, the future looks pretty exciting there for, for Stanford. I really think it does. I, I think I think we're at a point where people want to have more opportunities. And, you know, this area has great people who are really invested uh, in not only in children, but in professional companies and trying to make sure that our community, you know, has access to great arts. And I love that we're a part of it. I think it's uh, um, um, it's a really exciting time. That's great. If you're just joining us, this is David Green with the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County and our July 2022 edition of Spotlight on Arts and Culture, a monthly interview show on WPKN 89.5 FM. Our program today explores dance in Fairfield County on the occasion of the second Fairfield County Dance Festival that will be celebrated throughout this month across six of our towns in our region. Our guests today are Ted Thomas, Artistic Director of Thomas Ortiz Dance and Co-Principal of the New England Academy of Dance and the New England Dance Theatre, based in New Canaan, Claire Matza, Co-Founder and Artistic Director of the East Coast Contemporary Ballet, based in Norwalk, and Marty Etter, Founder and Executive Director of the Ballet School of Stamford. So, Ted, I guess I'd ask you some of the same questions here. Uh, you're a professional dancer. Tell us something of your background and what brought you to Connecticut. Well, I danced 
for many years in New York City as a mm. professional. I danced for the Lisa Monte Dance Company right. and for Ballet Hispanico. Uh-huh. I danced with Alwyn Nicolai and Mary Lewis, God bless them both. And <laughs> I danced for several years with the Paul Taylor Dance Company. Uh-huh. And these were all amazing experiences dancing for and with um, geniuses in yes. the craft. Yeah, and, um, exciting. I, yeah. Would, I was brought to New Canaan on several occasions as a guest artist to perform in their Nutcracker because I was um, versed in ballet and modern. So when you say their Nutcracker, uh, the school was owned originally by Doris Driver, God bless her, and yeah. she was a dancer, um, a, a musical theater dancer and ballet dancer from Canada, mm-hmm. and she um, reached out to my wife and sister-in-law, and they were teaching in the school at the time, and they needed boys. They needed guys to come up and lift and <laughs> right. turn and jump. Uh-huh. And I was one of the people who they brought up. Mm-hmm. So I would come up every year for the Nutcracker, right? And this year, our, um, the Nutcracker, their Nutcracker is in the 35th year. So our Nutcracker is in the 35th year. <laughs> right. um, and we would, I, I would dance. And then in, in about, right after, about 2002, um, Doris Driver decided to retire, and she gave the school to my wife and myself mm-hmm. at the time. And it, it, since then, the school started with maybe about 60 families. We're now at about 300 families. Oh, my. Yeah. And we have like about 500 students, and we are primarily a ballet school, hmm. right? Because I believe that ballet is the foundation for most dance, as far as concert dance and you know classical dance. So we're a ballet school, and we, my wife and my um, sister-in-law, Gina Ortiz, and my wife, Frances Ortiz, we've built it from where Doris left it. Hmm. And it's been a wonderful experience. We, as you know, we do a Nutcracker every year, and we it. partner yes. with the Norwalk Symphony Orchestra. So it's one of the few Nutcrackers right now that is has live music. And that is another wonderful partnership that I've witnessed. I mean, it's it's... Great seeing the two, two organizations together, two companies together. It's been thrilling, and we've been do, um, doing live music with the Norwalk Symphony Orchestra. Now we're going into our sixth year. Hmm. So it's and on a lot of um, we also have spring performances um, this year. Norwalk is also partnering with um, East Coast Contemporary Ballet and Thomas Ortiz Dance huh. in September for their um, um, fall concert, and Thomas Ortiz Dance will be doing a Rite of Spring. It's an um, uh, old concept, but a new look at the Rite of Spring. Fact, this will be at the Norwalk, Norwalk Concert Hall? Yes, at the Norwalk Concert Fantastic. Hall. Fantastic. And yeah. East Coast Contemporary Ballet will be dancing in that concert as well. So it's another opportunity after this, um, the Fairfield County Dance Festival mm-hmm. to see artists create new work in the community. And that's what, what this is all about. I, I, I just, I, when I got here, I saw and felt a community that embraced the arts and that had um, a generation coming up that was receiving all the information and education and the joy and the love of art and dance and mm-hmm. singing and acting. And it's just wonderful to be a part of. And one of the reasons why I did... The, I wanted to start the Fairfield County Dance Festival is as an artist, as a dancer, I always wanted to dance and have my friends see me. 
mm-hmm. and see my friends dance. Because, as you said, there are a lot of dance schools in Fairfield County, but they tend to do their own concerts and they tend to be um, happen all at the same time around Nutcracker season or mm-hmm. around spring concert season. And we don't get to see, they don't get to see each other. A little siloed, as Marty said. Yeah, yeah. a little siloed. So I've, I felt like we needed something like the Stanford um, Block Party or the um, dance fest, Downtown Dance Festival in Stanford or the Fairfield County Dance Festival for the dancers and artists and singers mm. to come out and mm-hmm. see each other and enjoy the art and, and, and you know, the culture that they love. Also, to, um, tomorrow at the New Canaan, um, Summer Theater of New Canaan stage, I have a local musician, Melissa Westgate from um, Westport, who will be playing sections of her album, Cello Flight. Huh. And I have choreographed a world premiere, new piece, to the music. So we have a wow. collaboration uh-huh. of music, and she plays, she's a classical cellist. Uh-huh. So we have that happening for the first time. Um, tomorrow at the I must make sure I come to that yeah Yeah, what time is that 730 730 and Waveney Park in in New Canaan at the Summer Theater of New Canaan Bandshell that's amazing Um, so you're very active in this whole arena of um, dance education and performance Um, your take seems to be very positive that things are sort of taking off now. Um, we've always had the problem with, with other art forms here, it's something that the Cultural Alliance has to deal with, with the sense that people feel they need to go into New York. You have to go into New York to get uh, to buy uh, great art, to invest in art. You have to go to New York to see um, great dance. But it sounds as if Fairfield County is really now building... Um, something of its own that is worth celebrating and uh, that people should definitely make their way to to see. Yes, I mean, I, I've noticed over my career that there once was a time early in the, um, the 90s where in the early 80s where New York was the mecca of art. If you wanted to be a dancer, you had to be in New York City, mm-hmm. right? And you had to audition in New York City and all they had so many dance companies in New York City. Right. And it was about that. And I noticed that a lot of the regional dance companies around that time started to decline. You know, Houston Ballet, Pennsylvania Ballet, Cincinnati Ballet, all these Mm -hmm. different ballets and regional companies started to have a lull during that period. Well, I've also noticed in the last decade or so, these regional dance companies and schools are starting to be more active Hmm. and come alive. And their communities are starting to be more vibrant. The, the sense of not of having to be in L.A. or New York is starting to wean, right? Mm-hmm. Wane a little bit. And so yeah. now you have uh, uh, areas that are having regional companies that are thriving. And I think that pendulum now is swinging in our direction, being in a place like Fairfield County and in Stanford and New Canaan, where you have a lot of people who support the arts and who are patrons and donors and they want to see where their their donation is going and they want to see where their support is going and be a part of it right and sometimes when you when it's all focused in New York City 
you don't there's so many there's so much there <laughs> so many people that you don't get a chance to see it experience it feel it be an actual part of it contribute to it and a regional organizations regional festivals regional collaborations people can be more involved and i think that's what's driving this kind of regional organization organizations collaborating um artists flourishing studio community artistry development happening so it's like several um elements really coming together and interacting it's not just you but it's it is you <laughs> there's you and your school and the community and other dancers and other companies that that there seems to be this new collaborative cooperative energy going on yes and i think the audiences are are warning that because you know you can always drive into theater like you said you can always drive into new york and go to the theater but when you live 40 uh, miles out and you have to drive hours sometimes two hours right. and hit traffic and everything, all that sometimes it's refreshing to say hey wait a minute this professional company <laughs> right. is right around the corner right. i can go to my local park and see them i can and go you can to hang out with um local people and, exactly and, yeah. i mean it's, it's always great to go to the palace theater in stanford and then after that have dinner with my wife yeah. and be home in 10 minutes yes right <laughs> that's great um we shouldn't um we would be lacking if we didn't mention Connecticut Ballet, which is um, not just based, of course, in Fairfield County, but um, um, has performances here. You've you've worked with Connecticut Ballet? Yes. I'm, work I'm actually working with Brett right now for the Stanford Downtown Dance Festival. Fantastic. And yeah. Connecticut Ballet has their Ballet Under the Stars series, which mm -hmm. is going to be throughout um, um, Connecticut and Hartford and uh, um, you can go to their website and see all the different places that they're going to be presenting outside. So they I have know Westport, their, they and, always come to it, Westport. Yeah, exactly. They And they're at um, the Levitt Center. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a whole they're doing a whole series of shows as well. And I, I, I've, I attend them and it's a, always a well attended, beautiful night of dance. So yeah. I look forward to going to some of their shows as well. So have a lot going on here. <laughs> um, I want to turn back to Claire, back to you. Um, you are the new guys on the block. Wow. Tell us first about East Coast Contemporary Ballet, uh, who you are, how you got started, um, and why you chose Norwalk and Connecticut. Um, so uh, Alejandro and I, were, we actually met dancing in Connecticut. <laughs> We, I am New York based, so let me give you a little bit of my history. So I, I'm a native New Yorker. I grew up, um, trained at the School of American Ballet, went on to dance for North Carolina Dance Theater, which is now Charlotte Ballet, Richmond Ballet. Oh, right. Made my way to Canada for a bit, <laughs> and Maison Mabe de Montreal. Um, came back, was dancing in New York City for a while, freelancing. I still do some of that. And then, um, I was dancing, actually, we were just talking about Connecticut Ballet. Mm -hmm. Alejandro and I both danced at Connecticut Ballet. I was there, the whole was there for eight years, actually. And um, that's where we met. And Alejandro's originally from Nicaragua, so he had a very different journey yes. <laughs> to Connecticut. Um, dance, he also was freelancing in New York when he did come here to dance with Mystic Ballet. But we both found our way to Connecticut Ballet um, and really found... I think what a lot of what's been said, which is that there's a lot of people, especially in Fairfield County, um, who 
appreciate art and have a lot of love for it. Um, there's so many dance schools, right? Um, not as many dance companies as right. you mentioned, David. Right. Mm. But there is there there really is this this um, opportunity, right, to build something. And uh, we felt like you know there's uh, this contemporary ballet, which is really what we're focused on at East Coast Contemporary Ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, it's not modern and it's not classical, right? It's really in the middle. We create pretty much all new works. We have, we opened in 2019, so just before the pandemic. We managed to survive the pandemic in creative ways um, and continue building our audience. But uh, we have about 20, I think now, pieces of rep. Um, which were created primarily by Alejandro and I, but we have started bringing in guest choreographers. One of the pieces we'll be performing this summer is actually by um, David Fernandez. He's a Mexican native, but New York City-based. Um, wonderful choreographer who did a beautiful piece on us. And uh, we're just sort of spreading our wings in this, in this area, really feeling like there's, there's, a, there's a need for it. You know, right? And, and I, I have to say, having seen quite a few of your works, that um, you have really grown a lot <laughs> in a couple of years. It's, um, I mean, the work is. I always think, feel that it's so very emotionally intense and uh, very rewarding. I mean, um, and you've really um, grown a lot. It seems in in the last couple of years. Thank you so much, David. We we try we try to keep we try to keep growing. That's that's our yeah. we always try to keep pushing ourselves and you know, all these partnerships that we make, right? Like with, with Marty, with Ted, with other um artists, you know, they're important to keeping us growing, right? You can't isolate ourselves. So we're right. really big on collaboration. We're, Ted mentioned it also, but you know, we're gonna be collaborating with the Newark Symphony in the fall and that's a new thing for us that we're very excited about. Um, so I did want to I did want to um, congratulate you and get you to talk a little bit about your new position as dance director at the Darien Art Center. Um, <laughs> I have to say, Darien seems to have been very receptive to you. I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that, how that relationship developed, and how the center really does support dance, both as a school and as a performance space. Yes, they've, they've been wonderful. So th- that started with one of our now, she wasn't a board member at the time, but one of our now uh, board members, Heather Brown, we were looking for a black box, which aren't, they're hard to come by in Connecticut, right? In mm-hmm. New York, there's like one, <laughs> they're like Dwayne Reed, they're everywhere. But in Connecticut, not so much. Um, and she was like, you know, there's this woman, Bonnie Gombo, at Darien Arts Center, go check it out. I go, I realize I know Bonnie. Bonnie's like, oh, I know you, I've been watching you for years. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness. And they were so receptive and with open arms um, to the company. We had our very first show there. We made a promise we're always going to perform there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, they've been incredibly uh, supportive of uh, dance. They, they have other dance programs that, I, I mean, other performance dance programs. Uh, Ted or Thomas, Ted Thomas, or Tom, Thomas Ortiz, sorry, was just there recently. Um, in the spring, there's been, you know, growing that program. I was very, you know, honored to be asked to be the new uh, director of dance there. Uh, so I'm start. I'm started now, actually, July 1st. <laughs> wow. And um, it's been lovely, you know, curating this 
dance program and then also having, you know, my company, which allows me to have some resources available, especially mm-hmm. for the older students, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's something and a partnership that I'm, I'm happy to be cultivating. Um, they're 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 actually the Ted mentioned this, but because of them, we're able to go to Weed Beach. Um, the Arts Center has been incredibly supportive of the dance festival as well. Well, so, we look forward to um, the directions that you can take the dance center now <laughs> in, in your in your new position. So we just have a couple of minutes left. Um, I just wanted to ask everyone maybe what your briefly, very briefly, what your take on the prospects of a lively dance community are in Fairfield County, but maybe more specifically what the goals of the dance festival is. Maybe I should start with Ted. Um, you've been doing this now for a couple of years, three years. This is uh, what, what, is, what will success look like to you? Well, success for me would be a collaboration of all the dance companies and to have a moment where the artists, dancers, musicians, everybody get a chance to experience each other's artistry and talk about it and mm-hmm. have um, some good contemplative conversation with the students, with the patrons, with you know um, everybody who comes and watches. That's great. Right? And have something that foundations can get behind and support the arts yes, here. Yes, very important. Uh, Claire, just a couple of words. Um, I want to second what Ted said and also to have an audience that is very vastly <laughs> demographic-wise, everything-wise, to have that this festival really be a, a place where people maybe see dance for the very first time and hopefully fall in love with it. So that dance really truly is accessible. And that because of this festival, that's why it is. And then we see hopefully the result of that over the years and even in all the audiences that come to the various uh, dance companies throughout the year, you know, see that type of growth so that people can see dance as relatable. That's great. And Marty, I know that you are <laughs> very um, optimistic, but um, I'm afraid we're out of time right now. Thank you so much for joining us. And I especially enjoy that um, picture that um, has been drawn about how dance is developing uh, right, right now in Fairfield County. This is David Green with the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County. You've been listening to our July 2022 edition of Spotlight on Arts and Culture, our monthly interview show on WPKN 89.5 FM. Our program today explored dance in Fairfield County on the occasion of the second Fairfield County Dance Festival starting tomorrow, Tuesday, July the 12th. Our guests today were Ted Thomas from the Thomas Ortiz Dance Company, Claire Matza, co-founder of the East Coast Contemporary Ballet, and Marty Etter, founder and executive director of the Ballet School of Stamford. If you missed part of the broadcast or just want to hear it again, you can hear the show on WPKN Podcasts on SoundCloud. I'm David Green with the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County. Please tune in Monday, August the 8th for our next edition of Spotlight on Arts and Culture.